Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Coming from both Italy and Ireland, we have Dario Canizzaro. He's a writer, poet, and director. On top of all of these achievements, Dario is also the proud owner of a 1973 Volkswagen bus, which just so happens to be the inspiration behind he, this podcast. Ciao, Dario. So, ciao, Lucia. How long have you had this bus for? No, I had uh, Charlie. That's the name of the bus. And um, I, we bought him two years ago now. Three years ago, and uh, th- we, we didn't name him Charlie. You know, that was the name that the previous owner gave to him. Uh, but we loved him, and so it, it remained uh, the same name. So Charlie, yeah, three years. There's a uh, lot of adventures to be had in that in that uh, band, really. Yeah, I can imagine. Actually, all my cars also had a name. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I mean that that's the the full the whole purpose of owning a car is giving a name. Yeah, and uh, what is your favorite memory with your bus? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So, um, you know, we're still restoring uh, the bus because they're old uh, and they need a lot of love. So we didn't take him out much in the past years because, you know, he needed, always needed something. He needed, you know, a new carburetor, new brakes and things like that. Uh, but last summer, me and my wife were on the coast of Ireland. And we were just, you know, we slept in the van because you can, you know, there is a pull-out bed so you can sleep there. So we slept in Charlie. And then the morning after we were going for breakfast in the in one of the nearby towns. And while we were driving, driving down, and you have to see that, like, because Ireland, it has incredibly dramatic sceneries. So the whole coast is beautiful. So we were driving down this cliff and it was beautiful sunny day, the ocean on our left. And then we put on the stereo. And it's still a very old school cassette stereo. So we put a cassette in and we, we found it randomly. So we didn't even know it was there. But we said, hey, there is a cassette in. So we pressed play. And it was one of my wife's favorite songs. It was from Creedence Clearwater. I don't remember the name of the song right now. But we were driving down and we started you know, singing out of our lungs the song. And we were driving down this beautiful road. And it was just you know, this perfect moment that happened in time. And you realize while you're leaving them that they're perfect. So wow. it was beautiful. It was full of love. And yeah, it'll always stay with me. Yeah. Wow, this looks like a dream. Like, you know, these movies that in the end uh, finish like this. Yeah, yeah, actually it could be. Yeah. It was a scene out of a movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. You used to live in Italy and now live in Ireland. Why did yeah. you move to Ireland? 
Yeah, so um, it's it's 10 years. Next month, actually, it's going to be 10 years that I live in Ireland. And um, when, so, and I'm 38, 39 now. I forgot my age, which is good. Uh, but uh, when I was 27 at the time, 28, and um, I was in a, I had a good job. It wasn't a bad job, but I was bored because I lived all my life in Italy and I always wanted to see and, you know, go abroad and see stuff. And my wife was just finishing her university. So it was the perfect moment. And we really started looking around. Our first place, actually, the first place we wanted to go uh, would have been San Francisco because we were in love with the city. So we said, yeah, we, let's go and move to San Francisco. Uh, but it's very hard to get a permit to work in the US. And I didn't have a lot of experience back then. So we started looking around Europe and eventually we settled on Ireland. Um, and I actually live in Cork, which is in the south of Ireland, which is a beautiful place. Um, and I remember before leaving for Ireland, and that's what, I, I don't want to say tipped the balance over, but but definitely played a part. Um, I had a dream. Uh, and in this dream, there was this old man, you know, like a druid, like the way you would imagine a druid, you know, with a long white robe. Yeah. And it was full of pixies and fairies dancing around. And in my dream, this man was basically Ireland talking to me saying, yeah, come here, we'll take care of you. And I have to say that, that that's been the case. You know, I love the place. I, I'm I'm getting the, the citizenship. Um, and some people ask me, why are you getting the Irish citizenship? Because, you know, you're European anyway. So your passport, you can go pretty much anywhere. Uh, but I don't do it for the passport. I don't do it for the passport. I do it because I really love this place and I really feel like, you know, I'm Irish. So I'm just, uh, just the process of catching up with my soul, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting story. And Dario, uh, I see that you wrote a book. My question for you is, have you always wanted to be a writer or Ireland <laughs> inspired you? Yeah, so a little bit of both. Um, so I started writing when I was seven, okay? And I remember that because my mom told me. And I was writing a little story at the time, which was called The Mystery of the Mysterious Woman of Mystery. I was seven, right? So don't judge the title too much. But <laughs> but I, I remember it started writing very young, you know, and I really made up stories. And this is why, you know, if you look at it, that's why I want to make movies. And that's why I want to, like, eventually I want to make a comic as well. I'm going to write other books because I like to tell stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this, is, this has been with me for a long, long time. Now, when I was still in Italy, I wrote short stories, you know, and they went into some literary magazines, which was great. And I wrote poems and it was great. And then I wrote a longer piece, uh, which was, you know, it could be defined as a novelette, which is called Impurita, mm -hmm. Impurities for our English listeners. Um, and that one got a, a very good reaction. You know, people loved it and it sold well. I mean, it sold very well, even though it was very cheap to buy. So I didn't make any money of it, but <laughs> but it's all very well. But then when I came to Ireland, I decided, yeah, I think this is what I want to do. And this is really when I started saying, okay, the, my, my main goal in life is to tell stories, stories that I would like to hear. Now you are a writer, you published a book called Dead Man Nate. So what yes. were you doing before? Or are you still working? Yes, so... I am still working and I work for an IT company. So I came to Ireland to work for that IT company. Uh, it's a great job. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for my job because uh, for my day job, I should say, because it, it allows me to work for my dreams, right? 
Um, so I'm still doing that. I'm, a, I'm basically a system engineer, which is a very nerdy job. Um, but I, I, I think that it, regardless if you are, and I'm going to get a little bit spiritual here, right? But regardless if you believe in God or an afterlife or if you don't, I think what matters is that you're here for a very short period of time, right? There's not going to be another Dario. There's not going to be another Lucia. So we need to do what we want to do. Some people should, would say we need to do what we're you know, put here to do. And I do feel this need to tell my stories and to create stuff because this is when I'm at my most happy. So even though I love my day job, I think that my calling is to tell stories. So I hope eventually to come again here and talk to you and say, hey, you know, I quit my job because what I'm doing now is just telling my story. Wow, Dario, and I love when you said that you work for your dreams. I, I really like what you said. And basically you work during the day and during the, uh, like at night or on the weekends. <laughs> How do you manage to do so much stuff? So don't watch too much Netflix. I think that's the secret. <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, because I mean, I watch a lot of Netflix as well, but uh, jokes aside, like I, I, when I was a uh, younger, when I was a kid, I would write during the night. Um, cause you know, I had time and I, I didn't have to, you know, wash my stuff or cook for myself, you know, we all work. So time is just limited. Um, but I think that the real answer is I, I write all the time. So everything I'm doing, I'm basically writing in my head. So the process of writing happens in my head all the time. The process of putting down the words, then this happens on specific times. Yeah, so sometimes it's evenings, sometimes it's the weekend. My favorite time is early mornings. Now in Ireland, during summertime especially, the sun comes up very early, like 4.30, 5 a.m. It's super, it's already very bright. And I would wake up naturally. And this is when my brain power is at its best. So this is when I actually, you know, turn on the computer. And usually my best ideas come early in the morning. So um, it, it's really, and, and, you know, this ties back to your previous question, because you said, you know, you're still working, et cetera. Yeah. And when you work a day job, I know that it's very hard after your day job to pursue your dreams because yeah. you're tired, your mental energy is down. So that's why I really like the mornings, right? Because it's before I have to work for my day job. And so my brain, it's at, it's 100% and it's only for myself. So yeah, mornings are my favorite. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a matter of curiosity, most of the time, do you write parked in your bus or at home? <laughs> yeah, so um, I only wrote one story in the bus. Um, so, but you know, I'm, I'm, I hope to write more, which because it's going to mean that I'm going to spend more time in the bus. Uh, but no, I, I write at home uh, 99% of the time because uh, again, it is usually early in the mornings, and so I leave my bed. My wife is sleeping, the cats are sleeping, or they ask for food, and then I start my process and and put stuff down. Wow, oh, that's amazing! And your debut novel is titled "Dead Man Naked." How did yes. you, Dario, come up with this title, and what does it mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird title. Um, I, I'm going to tell you a little story, and then I'll explain the, the title itself. But uh, I have a good friend of mine, and um, she ordered the book as soon as it came out, and she bought it from Amazon. So she then texted me 
the screenshot of her iPhone saying, yeah, your package containing dead men naked is on the way. <laughs> so it's not amazing if you don't know where the title comes from. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically the first stanza or verse of a poem from uh, Dylan Thomas. And the poem is called, And That Shall Have No Dominion. And the Lewis, which is the main character in the book, uh, it's a he's a poet, and this uh, this poem is his favorite. So one part of the poem says, you know, and that shall have no dominion, uh, which I think it's a beautiful, beautiful phrase, uh, and uh, and and it's also a lot part of the book because it it is a book about death and mortality and you know finding love really because I think love and death are connected somehow. So, but yeah, it's a it's a, it's a poetic title, but if you don't know the poem, it's a weird one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. And was it the work of Dylan Thomas that inspired you to write about death and mortality? So, yeah, as well. You know, it's, it's something when you... I think it's it. we're not, as as humans... We are mortals in the sense where we have a limited time on Earth. So it's part of our day-to-day, right? Now, the thing is that I believe that society today removed the concept of death in a bad way. Because I'm not saying that we should think about it all the time, because that's insane, and it's going to ruin your life probably. Uh, but we should be aware of our you know, mortality. And I think it's great. And Dylan Thomas speaks a lot about mortality. I mean, his most famous poem is probably, probably became famous after that uh, movie, uh, Interstellar, you know, uh, don't go gentle into that good night, rage, rage against the dying of the light. I mean, those verses are super powerful. So it's definitely a theme that came to me through poetry, because I love poetry, and poets usually talk about love and death, and that's it, if you really look at it from a super high fly, you know, uh, level. Um, and yeah, but uh, the thing is, you know, the book, it is about mortality, but it's not... It's not a sad book. Uh, it's not a heavy book to read. It's actually very lighthearted. There's a lot of urban fantasy elements full of funny moments. So it, it is a dark topic, but the way it's told, I think it's very funny. So, uh, or if you want, it's profound, but lighthearted, I would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I think you are a perfectionist, are you? No, perfection no? doesn't know. No, 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 I, no, I, I just know when to quit because <laughs> ah, okay. if you're a perfectionist you never quit and this sounds like a great thing it's not because you can never finish art art is never finished it's only abandoned so i what i do is that i write a lot and i work a lot on what i do and on what i write 
But then there is a time when I look myself in the mirror and I go like, that's it. Because if you don't stop now, you're never going to finish. And this is part of writing, you know, and that's why I never, I don't have any, not even my wife, no one reads my first draft unless it's finished. And it's not because I'm jealous of what I write. Mm -hmm. It's because people have opinions and I love their opinions. But if someone tells me their opinion while I'm still writing, then I second guess myself and I never finish stuff. So I need to finish at least the first draft. Then you can give me all of your opinions and I might change everything, but I need to finish the first draft because that's for me, it's a milestone. It's when I tells me, okay, you can now finish this thing somehow. And then one day comes and you say, yeah, I cannot work on this anymore. Uh, I'm sure that if I open that but naked again, I will change stuff. And that's why I don't open it because <laughs> it's a never ending process. I feel the same. <laughs> yeah, I believe you do. Yeah. You know, I read your book and you write books, right? And I read um, the, the, the one about Zoe the crab and it was brilliant and I loved it. And it's, it was very nice because I could see kids reading it and liking the whole story. But as an adult, I understood also the other meanings. But I believe you went through the same, right? Did you think, yeah, this is perfect, it's finished? Or did you have to force yourself and say, yeah, I think I have to stop now or it'll never see the light of day? I feel like I still should have added more things. And I published the trilogy and I feel so sad that I'm not writing Zoe the Crab anymore. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's a feeling like, I don't know, I missed someone. It's so weird. Yeah, you miss your characters after a while, right? Yeah. If you like them. But even the ones you don't like, it's weird. Yeah, they are like my kids. Yeah. And, you know, this is actually the best thing you could say because they're like your kids. But then, as and and this is, you know, a lot of artists say that you need to kill your kids in the sense where kill your dears, kill your darlings. Because if you don't do it, they'll never actually, you know, walk on their own and see their own. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's the same with your, like, real kids, right? There is a moment where you just have to say, yeah, you go and live your life because I cannot be there for you all the time. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, stories can certainly influence how we think and feel. So do you remember the first moment in your life when you understood that languages had such power? Yeah, so that that's yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, yeah, so I come from um, what would you you would define that like a working class family, right? I don't want to say poor, poor it's not a good word, but definitely working class, and um, in a sense where when I was a kid, you know, we we didn't have a, a lot of money, we didn't go on holidays much, you know, we would stay around. I had a wonderful childhood, regardless of you know, despite actually all, all of the hardships, if you want. Um, but I remember you know reading books. Uh, around you know that we're talking about pirates and they were talking about monsters they were talking about aliens and I felt like whoa that's nice I can actually go someplace else without having to move so I was actually living their lives living their adventures and so I was like oh wow that's amazing and I think that stuck with me somehow right I was like okay so when you write a story you're actually gifting people a little piece of adventure a little experience they could not have had in any other way so I think that is art for me is, you know, is exactly this. It's the exploration of what is not there. Uh, the words are just there so I can put them together and create worlds and experiences that would not normally exist. So I think, yeah, and that's, you know, it comes back. That's why when I was a kid, you know, seven years old, I started writing about 
an island that didn't exist and a mysterious woman that didn't exist. It was just my way of having a holiday, if you want. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Uh, is this also why you decided to invest in a, a Volkswagen bus? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> maybe you were Listen. creating your own holiday that so many yes. people only dream of. Yes. Listen, um, I, I'm going to tell you two stories around this. Right? One is one thing that my wife, Sylvia, she always says that uh, she goes, when we go around, people wave at us, you know, and they smile and they take pictures of our bus, of Charlie. And, and the thing that she noticed, and, and it's true, is that even little kids, Like, you know, for me, for you, we remember also the cultural meaning of these things, right? They were the hippie vans and they were a symbol of freedom and love. Yeah, it was all these kind of things. But we remember that, you know, it's part of our culture. We kind of know it. You know, we saw movies, we read books. Um, so, so it's part of our culture. So it's nice for us when we see a Volkswagen van, we immediately think about it. And it's great. But little kids, they, they don't know that. So they just, it's like this vehicle carries somehow a soul that kids can see and they smile and they wave and so it's great right it's uh, I, i go on holidays but they go on holidays with me if you want right so it's a it's a great little piece of machine and it takes a lot of love but it's love well deserved and the other thing is my friend simona he said to me and simona is actually my one of my closest friends and is the director of photography of our my only movie if you want so far trigger warning but anyway and he said to me we were going with charlie and he said you know what people look at charlie and you're actually doing things that a lot of people would like to but they don't do it eventually and yeah it takes a lot of courage as well because again i told you i had charlie for three years we didn't bring him out much because there's a lot of work to be done so it's not always joy and pleasure but it's part of life right you cannot have the beautiful moment that I described earlier without a little bit of suffering or maybe just a flawed philosophy, but it, I, I think it's part of life. It's like a wave. It comes and goes, ups and downs. Yeah, and it's like you enjoying the process. Uh, like you'll be like making some improvements in Charlie. And I think it's very rewarding. Like in maybe in two years, you see Charlie is completely different or a little bit different, but you say, yeah. I did it. Yeah, yeah. I did, and Sylvia did it as well. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. It is. And we just fitted uh, an auxiliary battery so we can go camping in the wild. And we're waiting for a little fridge so I can have, you know, cold beer. It's a must. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I wish I had all <laughs> my RV, but it's coming. So we'll be here. It is. I am sure it is, Lucia. And then you'll come to Ireland and we'll go through the Atlantic Way together. For sure, I will. We will. So, yes. and Dario, your website mentions that you have a list of obsessions. So, I totally relate to this. How do you take like time to disconnect from your obsessions? Oh man, do I disconnect from my obsessions? Oh. I think that's the question because I don't know if I do. <laughs> Because, yeah, okay, you know, I, I actually have the answer. So the way to disconnect from my obsession is to go to work. Because mm. I cannot do anything else but work. Because <laughs> if it were for me, oh, then I would only go and do the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like for like today, I was um, I, I didn't go to work today because um, I, I took a day off. 
and uh, and I went surfing this morning uh, with a friend of mine, and then we were drinking coffee, and then in the afternoon I played a little bit of video games, listened to a little bit of music, played a little bit of guitar, and I was like, oh man, I wish every day was like this, mm-hmm. and not because I don't want to work, because I would of course work, right? I would probably write, that would be my work, mm-hmm. but it's because I was doing, I was giving time to all of my obsessions, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think I ever disconnect from them really <laughs> i understand you completely and dario what does success look like to you oh it's it's happiness really this is really the only thing that matters because you can be you know a lot of people would probably reply i don't know big house big car lot of money but really i mean these things are there and they're nice i'm not saying they're not but they're just a consequence of the success. So success is I go to sleep and I'm happy. I wake up and I'm happy. Uh, it's not going to be like that every day because again, happiness comes in waves. Uh, but I think this is what we should strive for. So if I know that I'm creating stuff that I love and I feel happy about it, it doesn't matter if my book sells 10,000 copies, if my movie is seen by 2 million people or not. If I'm happy about what I did, if I feel that I managed to transmit what I wanted to, that that is success for me. Just knowing and be proud of what you're doing and, you know, having fun in the meantime. Because again, you know, time is limited. So let's have fun. Yeah, time is, yeah. And we cannot buy time. We can have no. money, but we cannot buy time. And I'm mm-hmm. curious to know about your work as a director. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, of course. Now, I just started this um, new obsession, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, it came from, so in, I, have, I have to give you a little bit of a premise here. So I hope you'll forgive me because I'm talking a lot. But um, in, back in 2018, right, at the end of the year, uh, I had a little bit of a burnout at work. Uh, like I had, I was on a call with a customer and in the middle of a call, I had a panic attack, which I never had in my life. So I felt like, oh my God, what's happening? I'm dying. Um, and I had to step out and I had to take some air. And then I went to the doctor and the doctor said, listen, it's, it's stress. Uh, it's nothing physical, but you need to take time to fix your head. So I went to a counselor. I started going to counseling. I don't, wanna, I don't call it therapy because it's different. But yeah, I went to counseling and um, talking about this person and Marianne, she's the name of my counselor. And she's great. And she helped me a lot. And while we were talking, she uh, she really encouraged me to come back to my obsessions, if you want. So she like, yeah, you like to write, write. And I was like, yeah, but I would like to write a movie or a comics. And she's like, yeah, do it. I was like, yeah, but then no one is going to make my movie. She's like, well, you don't know unless you write it. So I started writing a little script and I wrote this script and it was because I had a short story in mind and I was like, yeah, this could actually work as a, as a small movie. So I wrote it as a script, and as fate has it, uh, I met a director on a website, and uh, this guy uh, is from LA, and he was like, yeah, you know, I loved your script, Can I want to make it as a short movie. Wow. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's amazing. I was like, oh, my God, that, that's awesome. So I was like, yeah, okay. So I started talking to this guy, and you know, I was working on the script, and we were chatting, and yada, yada. Now, of course, this would have been his passion project, right? Because he was doing other stuff. He's a director by trade, so he needed to find time in between other movies that he's shooting to make this one. And then I told him, yeah, you know, I would love to make one. He was like, well, do it. 
I was like, what do you mean do it? It's like, yeah, you just, you know, there are only two people in the world. People that say, I want to be a director and people that grab an iPhone or a camera and start doing it. So I was like, mm, okay, I like that. You know, that's very me. I learned a lot of things I learned by myself, you know, going back to the fact that working class family, yada, yada, yada. I had to learn myself to play guitar and all this other stuff because there were no money. So I was like, you know, I, I, I'm not scared. That's what I want to say. I'm not scared about trying to learn a new thing. So I was like, okay, maybe I can do it. And then I met... Simone, my friend, and he's a director of photography. He was a cameraman back in Italy. And so we were like, he read my script and was like, man, I really like it. We should do it. So we formed a partnership, if you want. And we started shooting stuff. We shot a music video for a friend. And then we decided to shoot a short movie and then another short movie. And then eventually to make a proper feature film. So what we did is right before COVID, we shot one short movie called Trigger Warning, which was not the script that was uh, that the guy in LA wanted to do, because that one I actually told him, thank you, but I'm gonna do it myself. And he was very happy. He was like, yeah, that's great. This is what you should do. So I made this little Trigger Warning movie. We had a lot of fun, because it was my first time working with actors and you know directing stuff, and it was beautiful. And it's a movie about a, like it's a small time criminal. It's like a drama comedy about crime. Mm -hmm. It's very short. It's like six minutes long. You can you can see it. I can send you the link, and I would love your opinion on it. <laughs> uh, but it, it's not available for the public yet because it's going through festivals, and it's it's got into the Dublin Independent Film Festival, and into a film festival in India, the Karnavati Film Festival. So I was super happy because I was like, whoa, this is my first super short movie, and some people at least think it's good enough to go in a festival. So for me, that was, wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm really happy about it, you know. And uh, and then again, you know, if I look at it now, I'm like, oh, I could have done this. So it's so many different things. But, you know, we can never really spend mm -hmm. all this time. Mm -hmm. uh, but now the plan is as soon as the COVID restrictions go away, uh, and hopefully, you know, we're at the end of the tunnel, uh, me and Simone are going to make two more short movies. And then I am writing a script. It's actually finished, almost finished, uh, for my first feature film, uh, which I hope to start shooting in 2022. And I hope to either find a sponsor or an investor, or I'm going to go, you know, again, going back to the fact that I am not scared of doing stuff myself, GoFund campaign, Kickstarter, I don't know. But I know that I want to do it in the next two to three years tops. So, yeah, wow. lot of stuff. Yeah, congratulations, Dario. Thank you, Lucia. Really, oh thanks. I... <laughs> wow. I... You know, I'm having fun. I think that's the best part. Yeah. I'm having fun. That's the best part. It's, that's why I'm here also. I'm meeting so uh, nice people with amazing stories. And this is this is the best thing we can do in life. It's like yes. having fun and enjoying and like Dario, please let us know where we can find your book. If you have social media, how can our listeners? Uh, thanks. So there you can find my books on Amazon. Uh, that's the easiest place to go. Um, you can go to your local bookshop and try to order it because they are in the network if you want. But Amazon is your best bet. And if you want to connect with me, you can go on my website, which is uh, dariorights.com. This is also my handle for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Dario Wright, and you'll find me there. So nice to talk to you. I really appreciate the time we 
spent here talking. I I really wanted to come. Yeah, I know. And I really thank you, Lucia, because this was a great experience. It's been so nice talking to you. And I'm sure we'll talk more even outside the public. So people don't be jealous, you know, but you won't hear everything. Because, you know, I, I think it, it's been very nice being here with you. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.